0: Yeah.
1: this morning amen amen isn't it good to have the Annie Moses band with us today <laughs> yeah. Amen. sound great thank you well if you're glad to be here this morning I just want you to look at somebody and communicate by raising your eyebrows or just say hello in your own unique way will you do that those were some sorry hellos I can tell you that right now hey we're glad to have you it's going to be a great day we've already had a good day of worship and uh, we praise the Lord we had a good last night trunk or treat went wonderful and uh, I want to thank you all who pitched in and uh, either brought candy or served or whatever you did it was a great night so we praise God for that we're going to open in prayer and as we do uh, listen carefully to these requests will you do that uh, continue to pray for Jeff's family, Jeff Lyon, as his dad was buried this week. Uh, pray for Carmen Fritchie and, and the loss of a brother. And I put on the, the uh, prayer chain, some of you read it, that Hubert Ledford lost his brother Arville. Why, why is that name special to me, personally? Is because Arville and Jerry were our neighbors growing up. And... Uh, arville loved the lord he worked at dayton press with my dad when they lost their jobs he became a uh, farmers group insurance agent and he did that for a long time but uh, was admitted to the hospital a month ago for covid and never came home so uh, pray pray for them we do that we've got some uh, youth quarantined uh, from uh, school associations so pray for that there will not be youth for the next two sunday nights And um, we've been asked to pray for a three-year-old from Eaton who's had a tumor diagnosed behind their uh, eyes. Pray for that family. Uh, This morning in the 8.30, Glenn Deaton, Jr. was here, and Glenn's dad passed away. Alice, God bless you all, um, passed away in Florida. They'll be bringing him back here this week, and we'll do that service sometime this week. So pray for uh, Alice and her kids. God bless you all in that great loss and then we received a call this morning that last night Kathy Mabry uh, wasn't feeling well, it ended up an emergency trip to McCullough Hyde and right now Kathy is at Bethesda North and the latest is uh, she might have pneumonia so they're doing some heart tests but uh, that's kinda what's happening a lot going on, that's all we know so whatever you've got going on in your world, good to have Kelly back there with her grandbaby, God bless you all, so let's pray, okay? God, life, life can overwhelm us, but we are grateful this morning that you're in control. So we pray for these that have lost loved ones, we pray for these that are sick and ill. Uh, maybe uh, there's some standing right here in this service that just got something going on in life that's big and not sure what to do, I pray, God, that uh, we would recognize that you're the answer. So this morning, we join every Bible-preaching church. We thank you for this beautiful day to wake up to and uh, get, just get a little extra rest and uh, start this new season. And, God, we ask that you would have your way, that the lost would be saved and the Christian would be drawn close. Help us to worship this morning in spirit and in truth. We lift up all these requests. You will agree with me, we say amen.
0: Yes. you to praise him. You'll be fine. Away.
1: The privilege to come together and not just worship, that we have the privilege to open our mouth and sing praise to you. So God, let the testimony of that song be the testimony of our hearts this morning, that you would be what we desire, that to hear a word from you this morning is what we need, and I pray that you would speak in power and in truth once again in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. And as you're seated, go ahead and let me dismiss any kids up to third grade that would like to worship this morning in Children's Church. We believe it's a big deal to be in the house of God. Amen. Give them a good welcome. Will you do that, kids? I want you to take your Bible. If you need a copy, there's one in front of you this morning. And I want you to join me first of all in Romans chapter 13 And then we will make our way to 1 Kings chapter 17 Romans chapter 13 and then 1 Kings 17 I must tell you that the the trunk or treat was probably the most unique that we've ever been a part of last night And, And one reason would be for something like this uh, Harold Dunn, who is serving on safety ministry this morning, uh, Harold used to take care of the Summers Township Cemetery, and uh, so he was the caretaker. And last night he pulled up in his pickup truck and had a casket in his pickup truck bed, and said, "Brother Greg, open the lid." And I, I opened the lid to find a skeleton. Now we're not sure where that skeleton came from, but uh, I told him that I didn't sleep a wink all night for two reasons. One, I kept waking up and asking Renee if it was really what time it was, and secondly, I could, all I could do was envision that casket with that skeleton. But we had a lot of fun. About 300 hot dogs were fixed. The gospel was put into bags, so thank you all just for doing a, a good, fun job, and God bless the weather. We had a good night. We had a good night. We're also in store for a big week. As Tuesday, we may not know Tuesday night, I don't know. But we're either going to have the same president or we're going to have a new president. And here's what I believe the world is looking for. If you want me to have the same kind of Jesus you believe in, if you, if you think I need what you have, then act like it. Win or lose. Amen? Amen? Because folks, the answer to our nation's problem is not found in a party, it's not found in the White House, it's found in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's who we come this morning to proclaim, amen? My brother-in-law is a UPS semi-driver, and he told me that he was gonna vote yesterday morning and he was gonna go real early because there would be nobody there real early. Well, they live in Vandalia, and when he got there, he got in a one-hour line Uh, just before the doors opened so folks let me tell you something we have the privilege to vote 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 take advantage of that blessing but be reminded that Donald Trump and Joe Biden aren't the answer to our spiritual condition but the Lord Jesus Christ is how should we respond we're reminded in Romans 13 Verse 1, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist, the Bible says, are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Now, what's the responsibility of a ruler? One in authority. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good, but if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. We have a big week in front of us as a nation. And I want you to take your Bible and join me this morning and we're going to look at another king in the, in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 17. 1 Kings, chapter 17. And the title of today's message is Trusting God Through Tough Times. Can anybody in this place this morning say amen to that? Uh, the praise team led us in a song there, How I Proved Him O'er and O'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, oh, for grace to trust him more. Uh, how can I prove him or and or? I believe here's what that lyric means, that, that verse. How can I prove him or and or? He continues to be faithful. He was with me in the past. He continues to be with me. You can count on Jesus. That's what I'm talking about this morning. So today I want to encourage you, uh, maybe you're going through a valley, maybe you're going through a tough time, Ken shared with me that his sister-in-law is back in the hospital. And I'm telling you, they've been going through a tough time. Uh, Bruce continues to heal from his broken femur. Tough time. Tough time. But the good news is we can trust God through tough times. Um, This morning I had a watch on. And my watch was dead. So in essence, I was literally just wearing a, an accessory. Well, I took it off in between services to charge, and now I don't have one on at all. So I want to ask you, would you rather me preach with a dead watch or no watch? Just preach it, Fred, it's okay. Well, there's no difference between a dead watch and no watch, right? And the good news is we can trust God through any storm. Now, here's what the Bible does not say, that God will keep us from storms. What it does say is that he will walk with us through them. Father, I pray your Holy Spirit would speak to us one more time and that you would have your way this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah says, steps on the scene. God's man, God's timing, with God's word. In the Old Testament, it seemed like prophets would uh, be called of God to step forward when there was an issue that needed addressed or a judgment that needed pronounced. Now, for some reason, in the Old Testament, I keep going back to Ahab. You would say, Brother Greg, shouldn't you go back to King David? Uh, Amen. But Ahab, the Bible says, uh, had some real issues. If you look at chapter 16, verse 30, just a reminder, it says that Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were ever before him. And if you jump down to verse 33, the Bible says Ahab made a wooden image. So Ahab's leadership was taking the people of God the opposite direction. Maybe you're here this morning and you're a Christian and you're, and you're going the wrong way. You're here today and you're a Christian and, and you're running with some folks that are pulling you in the opposite direction. The Bible says, And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God, in verse 33, the Lord God of Israel, to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. So when we look at chapter seventeen or chapter 17, verse 1, enter into the picture, Elijah. Yahweh is my God, Elijah. He steps onto the scene and he has to address some things that are wrong and some things that needed to be understood. Here we go. If you're with me, say amen. Verse 1, and Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be, uh, not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. How would you like to be called to deliver a word from God and the word which you deliver is that there's going to be a drought? There's going to be a drought and, and there will be no rain until I command it terrain. Now, this was a direct attack on Ahab, and I'll tell you why. They didn't worship the God of Israel. They worshiped the God of Baal. They worshiped the God of fertility. So if you're pronouncing a drought in the land, you're going to destroy the crops that the God of fertility would bring. One writer said that Elijah is reminding Ahab that he's not in charge. You know, we might be here today and thinking that we control everything in life that goes on. The Bible says a man's ways lead to destruction. Our hearts can be deceitfully wicked. And Elijah's reminding him that God is the one in charge and God is the source of everything that takes place. Uh, Anybody want to say amen to that? That takes a lot of pressure off of you and me, doesn't it? Because if God is at work, then God will give us what we need. The Bible says, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches. You know what that means? According to his riches. That he draws what we need from his account. When you and I step up with with our meager contribution, God has what we need for the moment and for the hour and for the tough time that we might be going through. My, uh, my sister, Sheila, uh, is just celebrating her 40th year as an RN. She graduated nursing school the year I graduated high school. And, and, and like many of you, uh, when you've, when you've uh, earned degrees and went through school, uh, she, she sacrificed a lot of Friday nights not going out. And I can remember sitting on her bed in her bedroom, and she was crying that she didn't think she could do it and I sat in there as a high school kid that didn't know anything and would say things like this to my sister Sheila you think you've got problems I got in in our Falcon that 1965 Falcon that I refer to from time to time and I only had a quarter tank of gas and I thought if I and I'd give her some kind of silly story uh, and then before long, uh, she, those tears would kind of turn into some laughter and before long, she, she would move forward. Storms are not easy. Uh, she returned the favor when Renee and I got married, went on our honeymoon, opened up my suitcase, had a card from her, and she said, you think you've got problems. Folks, listen to me. God is the answer for whatever we're dealing with. He's the answer for our nation he's the answer for us personally he's the answer for our marriage he's the answer for our family amen he's the answer for our church he knows what we need now when you recognize that God is what we need uh, I'm talking about being bold and that's what a prophet was he was bold and how would you like your your message to be King Ahab everything that you think is in your power is going to be shut down until I give the word from God to bring it back. Boldness. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about humility that leads us to trust Christ. And I'll tell you what uh, humility does, you ready? It leads to thanksgiving. And November is a time to be reminded of how grateful we should be, amen? Now realize that this year's different. I do, I realize that dif- this year's different. Our family, uh, Renee's side and the Jackson side, uh, are doing some things different for the first time in my 59 years, uh, just to try to keep people healthy. Who would ever think? But it's a time to reflect. Uh, Thanksgiving Day, we as a church, uh, once again will be involved in serving our community a Thanksgiving Day meal. This year the difference will be we will deliver it or they will pick it up. You'll say, Brother Greg, uh, can, we, can we do that? The answer is we're going to do it, we believe, if the Lord lets us. And we're going to try to be a blessing to those and try to make good decisions as a church. And, and you have an opportunity to be part of that. On the way out today, you see the sign-up sheet. And I challenged the 830 to be a good example, and, and many of them did. And you all say, listen, I can be part of that. I can be part of that, but it's an opportunity to reflect. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 11, years before, take heed to yourselves, lest you be deceived, and you turn aside and serve gods, other gods, and worship them, lest the Lord's anger be aroused in you, and that he shuts up the heavens so that there's no rain, and that the land will yield no produce, and you perish quickly from the good land, which the Lord is giving you. So trusting God through tough, tough times here in Scripture is about a famine. For Jonah, it was about a storm. So this morning, I want you to grab your outlines on the back of the bulletin, and I want you to follow along with me. Because when you see Elijah's announcement, something comes with it. You ready? Danger. And also, provision. Here we go. He says, There shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here, and turn eastward, and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook that I have commanded, and the ravens to feed you There. And the Bible says, So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Trusting God through tough times. Here's the first thing I want you to know this morning, that when God calls, he will provide. When God calls... He will provide. Folks, this morning, the safest place for you to be is in the will of God. It's in the will of God because in the will of God, He will provide. Remember, He's drawing from His account. He's drawing from His account. Have you you ever tried to purchase something and your credit card get rejected? Number one, it's embarrassing, so when, I, when that's happened to me for some reason, you know what I do immediately? I look at Renee, I try to shift the focus, I try to get people, so what do we do? We pull out another one, we pull out another one. Uh, the other day we were purchasing some uh, gift cards, um, uh, gas cards to help some families, So I gave Judy my card, my personal card, and said, go ahead and get them. And she came back and guess what she told me? Brother Greg, it denied your card. I said, what? It denied your card. So I went to my office and I started looking around for Renee and she was nowhere to be found. I said, Judy, it says December 22 all I can tell you preacher is it didn't take your card. folks listen to me when it comes to meeting needs and getting through tough times the account is not from your card whether it's good or not the account is from the riches of God and the Bible says in the midst of this trial in the midst of the boldness in the midst of the call to Elijah God says I will take care of you in a very unique way. I will provide. I will provide. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, and he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these 40 years God will provide when he calls he will provide Amen. when you give your life to Christ he will provide you'll say well brother Greg what does that mean Um, I'm amazed sometimes uh, what people want help with Um, my dad had somebody play a joke on me once and it was someone who needed water People need water, amen? Or if you're with me, say amen. That's a valid request. I said, well, tell me about your need. And, here, and he goes on to say this, well, we recently bought a hot tub. And we're having a hard time keeping water in it and paying for it. And I said, are you asking us to help you with your hot tub? He goes, "That's that's really what I'm asking. And I think I said something like, are you kidding me? And then the person started laughing, and it was a funeral director that Dad had asked to call me and set us up. Folks, not necessarily a need. Think about some things that we have that we don't have to have. Are you with me? Anybody want to say amen? I mean, if we wanted to, there's some subtraction that could take place if it had to take place. Anybody want to say amen? The good news is the Bible says our God supplies what we need. Number two, God can use the least likely candidate to meet the need. Ravens. Ravens. Now, a raven was an unclean bird, which makes it even more remarkable. And when I think of ravens, I want you to get this picture in your mind. Have you ever driven up on some vultures that are are like playing chicken with your car of how long they're going to stay there before they fly away? God uses least likely candidates to meet needs. And in meeting their needs, and meeting Elijah's need, something happens. You ready? Verse 7. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. After a bit, even the source of God's provision dries up. Henry Blackaby says this. Remember him from Experiencing God? Henry Blackaby says, when God is at work, adjust your life to get in on what God's doing. When God is at work, go after it, move. And I believe we see the picture of God meeting his need and providing him for the next step, number three. When God shuts a door, he'll open a window. He'll open a window. You see, this period in Elijah's life was a period of preparation, and God had already provided provision, and and now we see the purpose. One writer said, God is getting Elijah for his battle with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. But yet he's doing it in an unlikely way. When he shuts a door, he may open a window. Verse 8, And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise. Okay, you're going to have to leave this place. Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there, what was she doing? Gathering sticks. And he called to her, and he said, Please bring me a little cup that I may drink. When God shuts the door, he may be opening a window. Zarephath, modern-day Lebanon, a place that was hot and dry up north. It almost appears that God is protecting Elijah from Ahab, as he moves him, because remember, there would be a price to pay for the message. How long was the drought? Well, really, we, we get the answer in the Gospels. In Luke chapter 4, verse 25, But I tell you, truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up for three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. So he says, go to Zarephath. Now this is an interesting story and I, and I want to use the words of Tony Evans. Tony Evans says this. God was not sending Elijah to the Bible belt. He was sending him to the Baal belt. What do you mean? He was sending him into the teeth of the enemy. He was sending him to a place where the enemy would be real and where he would need the protection of God. Now when I say Bible Belt, do you all know what, I, what, what we mean by that? The Bible Belt. The Bible Belt normally refers to churches in the south, the, the southeast, uh, like Kentucky and Tennessee and Alabama and maybe Texas and Louisiana, Mississippi, Florida, uh, Georgia, Bible Belt, South Carolina, North Carolina. Okay, the Bible Belt where this morning you could maybe take a trip in a vehicle and see church after church in communities. Some with a lot of cars and some with just a few cars. Some in every different style, every different name you can imagine. But you would see a church on every corner. Folks, that's not where God called Elijah. He called him to a place where he would show him that he was a provider in the midst of difficult times. Now, I love the fact that if the king of Israel, false prophets, if they preferred the worship of Baal, I love the fact that God would choose a widowed Gentile woman to meet his needs. Look at verse, let's just go back to 10 through 14. So he arose to Zarephath, went, and when he got there, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please, please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. Do you think that water was a, a, a prime commodity at this point, a drink of water? And he says as she was going to get it, And please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar and you see I'm gathering these sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son listen to this that we may eat it and die desperation what a grim outlook only a few resources she and her son on the verge of starvation realizing they have nothing left in essence folks they were planning their last meal. You see, God not only provides in this story for Elijah, he provides for this widow. And the good news today is, you ready? That no one is too desperate for God. You can't be too desperate for God. I, I, I love I, I love the songs we sang this morning because it represents our total dependence and, and our need on him She was planning their last meal. Some of you might be here today, and you you, you remember what hard times really were like. I can remember uh, uh, listening to preachers growing up, and they'd tell stories about how God provided, or how miraculously a check came in the mail, and and it was uh, just the exact amount, and how God provided. And I can tell you, that being your pastor, that God has provided every step of the way. Amen. He's provided every step of the way, and He's provided for you too as you're here today. He says, I will walk with you through tough times. Uh, grief. Some of you lost uh, someone that you love dearly your spouse, your, your kids, your parents, a brother or sister, a child. Um, one writer said that grief is the price we pay to love. And I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord that He walks with us in the darkness of death and He walks with us on the mountaintops when people are patting us on the back and, and, and He reminds us that He is God. There's no one too desperate for God. And as she prepares that last meal, no doubt, with her son in mind, here the prophet has asked for something that, that she realizes that she has very little love and God gives him a word. You ready? Verse 13. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. That's an interesting statement. Go ahead and fix you and your son that last meal, but first of all, give it to me. You see, folks, God wants what's first, not what's last. When we give him what we have, this is the next point. When we give him what we have, we can stand back and watch him work. That's the good news of the gospel. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah. She and he and her household, they ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Does anybody want to say amen? Praise the Lord. Because nobody's too desperate for God. Number six, when you give him what you have, you can step back and watch him work. That's where the power comes from. That's where it comes from. Now, if God can walk with us through tough times, God can handle tough questions. Do you believe that? Verse 17. Now, it happened after those things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick and his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him so she said to Elijah what have I to do with you O man of God have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son one moment she recognizes God's provision and now she is saying did you come here to kill my son let me tell you something God can handle tough questions there'll be plenty of tough questions when you walk through tough times There'll be plenty of, God, why? Why me? Why us? Why now? Why him? Many of you have said this uh, in your heart, haven't you, about things. Maybe it's a child or a grandchild, and, and, and for us it's the same, same way. Uh, we've, we've said, I, I wish it were us. I wish it were me and not them. But God can handle tough questions because tough times cause us to question God. And that's okay. What does he do? He doesn't say, I just gave you an endless supply of food that's going to meet your needs. How ungrateful. No, he says, verse 19, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, laid him on the bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, my God. Have you also brought tragedy on this widow with whom I lodged by killing her son? You see, Elijah couldn't understand. And he stretches himself out on the child three times and cries out to the Lord. And I believe the three times represent desperation. Maybe the first time is, uh, I can do it. The second time is, it should be automatic. Why is it happening? The third time, I believe, represents desperation. Total dependence on God And he cries out to the Lord and says Oh Lord God I pray Let this child's soul come back to him And the Bible says the Lord heard the voice In verse 22 of Elijah And the soul of the child came back to him And he revived And Elijah took the child and brought him down From the upper room in the house And he gave him to his mother And Elijah said See your son lives and the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. That's the good news of the gospel. That God is a God who walks with us through the tough times of life. And, and folks, it's so easy, isn't it, to withdraw when we don't understand things or to get aggravated at God or to get aggravated at your church family or to get aggravated at somebody that really loves you that's trying to help you. and and I need to learn instead of withdrawing from God to move toward God because he has what I need. You see, tough times allow the power of God to be visible and that's what this widow recognizes. Now, everybody look at me. No one in this place today is dead physically yet. Would you agree with that statement? Okay. Okay participation level right now is a little low. Do you agree with that, Ryan? I know you do. Why? Because we're breathing. We're breathing. But we can be breathing physically and be dead spiritually. And maybe for some of us, we haven't come to the three times of desperation We think it should be automatic, that life should be smooth, everything should go my way. Or we think that just say the word without any cost. But man, when we're desperate, it's laying it at the foot of the cross and saying, God, I I don't know what to do. I can't change this. And by grace and mercy, you leave it up to him. Amen? And then you can walk away with peace. Then you can walk away and say, okay, Lord, help me to trust you day by day. I gave it to you here it is you know they say uh, uh, I haven't flown a whole lot this past year and um, remember when they started charging for luggage that that became a big issue for people people started packing lightly or or started packing heavy uh, carry-ons because they didn't want to pay the price for luggage Well, let me tell you something there is a price to pay for luggage that you towed around in life it can affect you physically It can affect uh, uh, whether or not you're looking forward or always looking back. It can weigh you down. It can trip you up. But by the grace of God, this morning I stand here as a recipient and as a proclaimer of the word of God that there is no tough time, too tough for the Lord to walk with you. He's willing to do it if you're willing to let him have it. Would you stand with me, every head bowed, every eye closed too? and uh, just, just be reminded that, that youth won't meet for the next two weeks and uh, I know what it is we have, hold up. we have a discipleship opportunity that we're going to begin this Wednesday at 10 o'clock why, 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 why this? another, another service another, because I realize that some of you might be like my mom and dad and don't drive at night like you once did if you'd like to be part of a daytime Bible study, join us here Wednesday at 10 o'clock. Right in here, we can spread out. Most likely, I'll be teaching the lesson that I'm preaching on, Sunday, on Wednesday night. We just started the book of Philippians. So uh, uh, if that appeals to you, join us Wednesday. Okay? You ready? Mark, give us a can't. Let me hear those drumsticks. God bless you. Have a great day.
0: to work